You're listening to the Behind the Tee podcast hosted by your favorite club curlers, Rob and Kelly. The show where we share our thoughts on what's happening in the curling world with the internet. But let's be real, we end up talking about football half the time anyways. Hello, welcome back, Rob. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Not sure what time you woke up this morning, but uh, I like to wake up relatively early. On a weekend? On a weekend even, you got to keep good sleeping habits and wake up at a consistent hour every day, regardless if it's the weekend or the weekday. I totally agree with you, by the way, until my eyes open on Sunday morning and then I realize I don't actually have to get up. And then maybe by like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon, I change my mind. <laughs> you actually get up. But we digress. A, oh, sorry. Go ahead. A, do you have a TV in your bedroom or like do can not. you see the TV from your bed? I that do is not. also would be really helpful. Where I'm going with this is all the early birds out there in the Eastern time zone got to watch the final race of the season for Formula One <laughs> crown the championship winner in this whole uh, saga between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. It was down to the wire. <laughs> and you don't watch much Formula One, right? I think we already discussed this. That's right. Yeah, I've... I. I did watch a bit of Drive to Survive because if you're new to this, by the way, we're trying to make a spinoff curling version uh, in which we'll be the executive producers and make a ton of money. Uh, so I did check it out. I, I was impressed with it, though. I'll give it credit, but I've not really like started watching races. And I think I just have to throw this out there that like if I uh, how do I say this without being tremendously insulting to my family? But my dad is a huge F1 fan. And uh, so I've been spending many years of my life trying to tune out everything he has to say about <laughs> auto racing, including today. But I did actually pay attention because I was like, oh, if Kelly's going to talk about this, maybe I should actually listen. Oh, I, I have notes here. Go for it. The floor is yours. Let me just tell you, Drive to Survive season four finale is going to be pretty, pretty um, spicy. So yeah, like I don't like I don't really watch the games a lot of the time or the games. Well, <laughs> we're curlers obviously <laughs> i don't really watch the races the like, sorry <laughs> so i don't really watch the races a lot of the times especially the ones that are happening in like europe and the middle east are happening really early in our time zone so i kind of just have it on in the background while i'm doing my drinking my coffee and like going about my morning routine if you will anyway so today was the last race of the season uh, all season, Max and Lewis have been like neck and neck. They're, they were tied in the points. So basically, it came down to whoever was going to win this race was going to become world champion. Also, um, you know, Max is kind of known to be a little dirty. He's like a young guy. He drives really aggressively. And there's definitely been some moments throughout the season. Can I just, just for fun, like for the non-Formula One lis listeners out there, can you compare... Can you find like a curling personality to compare these people to? This might be a really good idea or a really terrible Ooh. idea. <laughs> oh, you should have asked me this question before so I'd comment <laughs> like. It's okay. You can cut out dead air while you think about it. Okay, let's see. Lewis and Fry. No. <laughs> I don't know. Lewis Hamilton would maybe be your Brad Gushu. Okay. He's uh, experienced. I was going to say he's old. He's our age. Or close to it, but compared to the rest of the drivers, he's on the older side of things. He's pretty composed, incredibly talented, composed, but then like when things go wrong or like he's not shy to like voice his opinion. So 
I kind of equate him to Brad Gucci, you know, not like very good, the best of the best, but not uh, problematic, if you will. Mm-hmm. Max Verstappen, Dutchman, uh, 23 years old, I think going to be like the next great racer. racer. This is also based on my like five races I've watched this year. <laughs> um, but Curler, who could be, uh, who could be a Verstappen? I don't think we have a curling equivalent of that of him. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I'm not going to be of much help here. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Even I'm trying to think like internationally too. I was going to say botcher, but no. <laughs> Did he fire somebody who like in the pit crew for personal <laughs> reasons or something? <laughs> No, I know. I have to think about that one. Maybe I'll I'll get back to you on that. So before the race, too, people were wondering like, oh, is or is Red Bull, um, who Max drives for, right. going to resort to some dirty tactics? Because if if Lewis Hamilton's DNFs that race, so does not finish, and let's say Max also doesn't finish, Max would automatically win the championship because he has the most wins throughout the season. If he were to like take him out by accident. In exactly. air quotes here, it would be in his best interest, although like a mm-hmm. little jerk move. Okay, I got it. But then like the FIA would have to get involved. It's just, it would be really... Um, Messy. But that didn't happen. So the race started, there was an instance right at the beginning uh, where Lewis Hamilton was pushed off the track. And so he ended up getting the lead. And apparently when that happens, that person is supposed to let the actual leader back by which would have been max verstappen but that didn't happen and so red bull was not pleased about that and so for the rest of the race it was pretty like uneventful like lewis hamilton had the lead by like quite a margin and so i kind of wrote off the, the the race thinking okay well lewis hamilton wins again but then Right at the end, I say the last like 10 minutes of this race was the right. most it's exciting like thing. Right, it's like with to go or something, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you what happens. And then there's a conspiracy behind, a conspiracy theory behind <laughs> this. So in, so the lap, the race is 58 laps. In the lap like 54, 55, Latifi, who drives for Williams, right, uh, crashed into the wall. He's okay. totally fine. Not like a major crash, but it caused a safety car to come out so that um, they can remove the car from the track to continue the race. And when the safety car comes out, again, this is me explaining off of my like basic knowledge here. <laughs> There's no, uh, you can't overlap. So what happens is all the cars kind of like bunch They're together. They're stuck in the position that they're in. Exactly. Because this happened in lap like 55, it takes a couple of laps before they manage to get the car out. So the question was, is the race going to end on the safety car or are they going to get a whole other lap in of racing before the race ends? So mm-hmm. Verstappen pits, therefore gets new tires and Mercedes for Hamilton, they decided not to pit him because they're like, oh, well, if you end up in, if the race ends in a safety car and you pit, you're going to be at the back and therefore Max will win. So they kept him on. And then there's this whole thing about like allowing cars to unlap themselves before the end of the safety car, which is really technical and not the point of the story, really, <laughs> okay. yet. Um, so what happens is they decide to do a final lap of actual racing. And by when the safety car removes itself, Max and Lewis were neck and like right next to each other. And then Max was able to pass Hamilton and he won the race and became champion. Wow. And everyone was really happy. Except Mercedes, who were like, the FIA shouldn't have allowed the safety car to uh, move without 
allowing everyone to unlap themselves because apparently they only allowed five cars and there was still like three more cars that should have been able to unlap themselves. Okay, so okay. it's quite a thing. But Mercedes contested. The FIA was like, no, it stands as it is. Uh, Verstappen is the winner. Now, are you ready to hear the conspiracy so theory? The conspiracy. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so when you think of uh, Formula One racers, who are like the big names that come to mind? Like past, like past drivers. I'm going to date myself here, but like the sh- Schumacher? Yes. Okay, good. I, I was like, was Kelly going to laugh at my answer? But <laughs> No, I mean, I think anyone who knows nothing about racing, but at least they know Schumacher. So his son is actually racing right now. He races for Haas. Right, right. Somebody I work with told me that actually, yeah. Yeah, so he's racing. He, uh, Schumacher, the dad, holds like the record for the most championship wins. And if we're Lu- and if Lewis were to win the championship, he would beat Schumacher's oh, record. Oh, oh. So this crash with Latifi was caused by Mick Schumacher, the son. Basically, uh, Schumacher and Latifi were like right next to each other. And then Latifi was kind of right behind, but then went into a turn. And then he lost like traction of the back tires was lost, causing him to go off uh, into the wall. So people were like, all right. So this isn't organized by Red Bull at all. (laughs) This is Schumacher who didn't want Lewis to beat his dad's record. So, oh man, I, this is total jokes. This is not serious at all, but it's just quite a funny happenstance. <laughs> no, hey, we're all about that kind of conspiracy theory here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, um, I know we've talked about this before, but, um, like Jennifer Jones and Tom Brady are neck and neck in national cha- or, you know, the tournament of hearts versus Super Bowls. Very comparable things, right? Everybody Absolutely. compares the two of them. Yeah, I, I feel like Tom Brady had something to do with Jennifer Jones winning the trials because that way she can't go to the Tournament of Hearts and match Tom Brady for total oh. Super Bowl titles. Because last year when he won with the Bucks, that pulled him ahead by one. He's got seven, Jones has six. Interesting. So, well, because we all know that Tom Brady is uh, a big curling fan, right? Like he almost came to join our ladder team. He was just like, I'm sorry, I just, I am not ready to quit my football career. I'm just going to go play in Tampa Bay for a little bit. That's right. He even said that he would bring the Expos back at the same time. It was yeah, going to be exactly. a, <laughs> a very productive trip for him to, uh, to town here for us. But uh... Montreal and Tampa Bay are, are like twin cities <laughs> in terms of population. <laughs> I know. Hey, one more thought on the Formula One thing, because uh, yeah. again, I know nothing, but you know both curling and Formula One. Rate this on a scale of, or not rate this on a scale, but compare it to the women's final of the Olympic trials from a couple of weeks ago that both caused us to age about like 10 years. Oh, yeah. What happened was like Jennifer Jones is equal to Jennifer Jones missing her takeout for the win. Wow. Wow. Okay. Because yeah, like in curling terms, that's, uh, this is a curling game that like we'll be talking about for decades. Uh-huh. Oh, people so. will be talking about this uh, for sure for a while. Oh, man. So it's like right up there with uh, the Jones thing uh, versus Flurry, the Kevin Martin throwaway rock. I think if it were any other race. I mean, people will still be talking about it, but the fact that it was for but the But it was the final, yeah. Like, exactly. Everyone was just, uh, it was just like that much more exciting. So. Oh, man. Hey, well, it's a good comparison then. Maybe we can't compare the racers to individual curlers, but that happened in the final of the trials. The Kevin Martin thing was in the final of the world championship. Mm-hmm. These big game moments. Wow. This is what we're, we live for. <laughs> 
and we're branching out. We're uh, we used to be just a curling podcast, but now what? We've already got Formula One football. Oh, speaking of football, do you know that? Uh, did you know that the CFL uh, Grey Cup final is tonight? I didn't. <laughs> ask you. I was going to ask you. That's actually one of the reasons why we're podcasting a little bit early oh, really? today. Is I wanted to watch it. You're one of the few Canadians who's actually going to watch it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, hey, <laughs> we've already. We've already alienated ourselves from several provinces, and now we just lost a whole bunch more. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I actually no. In defense, I the CFL is pretty good. I think it's. I know we and like we should say like in our little tagline for this podcast, we we acknowledge that we talk about football probably more than we talk about curling. Usually the NFL, but I, I like the CFL. It's uh, the games are fun. Um, you you have a good chance of seeing a very crazy high scoring decently played game like I think the argument that the Canadian players are not as good you don't really notice it but I guess the running joke is it's like the people who play in the CFL are those who couldn't make it in the NFL I suppose but it's still oh I suppose <laughs> it's true it may be but it's still pretty entertaining and I have to yeah. admit I haven't watched it as much recently because like 10 years ago we were the dominant team in the CFL right and oh, yeah with uh, Anthony Calvillo yeah and ever since uh the days of Anthony Calvillo ending, uh, the Alouettes have not been uh, figuring too prominently in things, although they, apparently they've gotten a little bit better. But oh, anyways, good. yeah, so uh, the Grey Cup goes tonight and we should promote it because yeah. um, whether you like it or not, it's right up there with the Tournament of Hearts and Briar in terms of Canadiana. Mm -hmm. uh, so who do you got? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, between Winnipeg and Hamilton? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go. I'm just going to. Shot in the dark here. Um, I'm going to go with Winnipeg. It's a pretty safe bet. Winnipeg is uh, was by far the best team all year. But hmm, okay, you know what? I was going to say Winnipeg too, but just to uh, just to You're be different, say we'll say Hamilton. Um, because first of all, the game is in Hamilton, so okay. they're going to have all the home uh, crowd on their it. side exactly. And um, it's kind of good too because I think Hamilton's a little warmer than Winnipeg this time of year i think so i mean if ha if it's anything like it is today in hamilton here in montreal where it was like six degrees and sunny that might be nice i kind of like watching these games where, where there's a blizzard happening and like you can't even see where the end zone is to me that would be a fun gray cup game but i'm gonna go with hamilton also just to tie it to curling again is that this reminds me of the flurry versus jones uh final of like one team is significantly better than the other or has had a better week slash season but will it pan out that way? So, because I haven't been following the CFL at all. I haven't much either, but Winnipeg was dominant and Winnipeg Hamilton is snuck Jennifer in. Jennifer Jones here. That's right. And okay. Jennifer Jones is from Winnipeg. Hey, oh these my God, there's today, the connection. Is... <laughs> no, the CFL, I mean, it's great to, to have some like Canadian sports. I think it's just hard because we have our neighbors to the south here that are very prominent in our um, entertainment like media. <laughs> That is true. And so there's definitely a lot more money that goes into the NFL than the CFL one. So that is true. And uh, I, I'm really ashamed watching it sometimes. Like when I think about how much like money is thrown around and the the excess of the NFL and Formula One for that matter. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really offensive. But yet I watch it anyway. <laughs> So. I know you got to do something, uh, especially during times of quarantine is what I learned. I developed a bigger appreciation of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one more thought here, or just because you can't talk about the CFL without talking about this. So you insulted it a few minutes ago, um, mm -hmm. got 
probably we lost some subscribers. I brought them back and now I'm going to get rid of them again. Uh, okay. All from one province. But you remember the most iconic Grey Cup moment? Which, um, well, of course you do. It's the, the too many men on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is That was during uh, Montreal's glory days, though. Exactly. So that's it. When Montreal had a field goal for the win, they missed it. And we thought we lost. But it turns out Saskatchewan had an extra player on the field. We got to re-kick. And mm-hmm. uh, I've talking of devastating losses, whether you're Lewis Hamilton, whether you're Tracy Fleury, I still rank that one. Um, Mm-hmm. as the all-time worst. I can't imagine what it must be like to be a Riders fan having watched that. And let me tell you, Rider pride is a lot stronger than Alouette pride. You would know, right? You uh, you have family uh, that can yeah. attest to this. <laughs> but here's the thing. In Saskatchewan, this is the only team they have. Like This is the only professional sports team. In Montreal, the Alouettes are competing with the Habs and mm-hmm. well, now uh, fo- Club de Football de Montréal, no longer the impact. <laughs> We're going to do a whole podcast on that name change at some point, by the way. (laughs) So, like, there's just a lot more uh, sports going on in Montreal. So football is just, like, part of the pie. Whereas in in Saskatchewan, they got the whole pie. I know. I know. Yeah. But you you didn't tell the full story there because the next season, the first game (laughs) was also between Alouette and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And what happened? The exact same thing. It was it was the last play of the game. Uh, Saskatchewan thought they had won, and everybody was celebrating. And there's a flag thrown, and they're like, "Hey, what do you think? Don't don't say it. There's no way it actually would be." And it was. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen a sports moment like that. For that to happen again, when the two teams played each other again, Saskatchewan did end up winning that game in the end, but no one even remembers that. No, all we care about was. You guys messed up again. And then there were right. so many jokes going around on social media about like the quality of math education in Saskatchewan <laughs> and stuff like that. Actually, uh, around that time, um, we were competing in the university national. I think you were too. Yeah, it was when we went to Edmonton. So yeah, we had a- back in what, 2010, I 2010, think? 2010, yeah. Not to age ourselves here. I know. And our coach was from Saskatchewan and she was a wonderful coach and a good friend and- uh, so we had a really good time and we got her a card at the end for to thank her for agreeing to come and coach our very mediocre university team. And I think we signed it something like uh, to our coach, thank you for being our, our 13th man or something like that. And she was crying when she opened or not crying, but she was like, oh, thank you so much. This is so F you all as she read. <laughs> it's a sen- sensitive topic for Saskatoon. I know, I even felt a bit bad about it. How do you call someone from Saskatchewan? Let us know if you're listening from Saskatchewan. We apologize for everything we've just said. And the good news is uh, if anybody, well, Saskatchewan's not in the Grey Cup game tonight, so they can't possibly lose the way <laughs> that we talked about a long time ago. Oh, we, I have an answer. It's a Saskatchewaner or a Saskatchewanian. Okay. Oh, there's two. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm so, sorry, keep going. No, that's all I had. So this is why we have to watch the Grey Cup because you never know if it's going to end in such a way like that. You got to witness it. So That's true. That's true. Um, so I guess we should start talking about curling now. Oh yeah, that sport. <laughs> I Let's say that this week hasn't been as uh, dramatic as last week in terms of things happening in the curling world. Yeah. The big story last week, of course, was um, Brendan Botcher getting rid of his third Darren Molding. And um, 
I guess people have been talking about it a lot and a lot and a lot. And not to steal this from you, but I think you and I came to an agreement last week that what we're not ups- we're not upset about the team breaking up. I mean, mm. that's their business. What I the big story is that he put out that tweet of Darren has left for personal reasons. We wish him all the best. Not and hold on, sorry, just to clarify, he said has left the game for personal reasons. Not has left mm-hmm. the team. Has left the game. No, and like to me, that is uh. I think I don't remember my words last week because I kind of fell asleep while listening to the podcast. Uh, but I, we were pretty harsh. And one week later, I, I stand by how harsh we were. I think that um, it is one of the worst PR moves uh, and just an all around not nice thing to do to oh, misrepresent absolutely. a situation and jeopardize Darren Molding's career like that. Uh, is I to me there's no excuse for that and it's interesting just because having spoken to a few listeners this week I didn't really get that vibe in talking to people I don't think too many people agreed with me maybe I was what? talking to the wrong crowd I don't know uh I've spoke to a few people that defended Botcher's tweet uh so you took the night off on Tuesday you didn't come curling and no. you missed all the I- I'm sorry how can you defend that I mean, don't name names, but just like, what was the argument? Well, I'm going to name one name and it's yours because somebody asked at the curling club, where's Kelly? And I said, oh, you know, personal reasons, <laughs> which I did as a joke Yeah. because I would never do something like that, but they didn't get it. And I was like, you know, botcher, huh? And I had to explain it. And so I just made myself look like a real jerk, first of all. Wow, because did someone I- live under a rock? Maybe. And then I pulled the botcher move on you saying that you're out for the same reason. So I don't know. Um, I guess, I don't know if maybe like, and then Darren's response rubbed people the wrong way because it was a little crass, a little harsh perhaps, but but he, he has every right to say what he did. It He spoke from the heart. He was honest. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I, I think both agreed that that was a, a nice change of pace for having a sports interview sports interviews to me are so cliche of like oh yeah we we gotta keep the trying PR, we gotta blah 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 no oh, it's, yeah. it's like i get the argument of like okay you shouldn't just be airing out all your dirty laundry you shouldn't be you know saying all the problems that you had with the team because that's you know personal to the team as a consumer of curling media i i love it and we should have it every once in a while <laughs> That's it. And to give him credit as well, like you mentioned, he aired some dirty laundry, but I think he did it in a respectable way. He defended everything he said. He gave evidence for his accusations um, and for his uh, the things that he was not happy about. He justified everything. He didn't just go on a rant. So I thought it was very fair and I stand by it and I will be cheering against uh, and uh, my final note on this is that if you don't want people airing out your dirty laundry, don't have dirty laundry in, to begin with. No, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but I, yeah, I get it. I know. And it's funny because like I, I read a blog this week by um, Mike Fournier, who um, we've seen him at the Briar a couple of times. He writes a blog where he tracks things that are going on in the curling world. And a lot of the times I've agreed with things he said a lot of the time, or sometimes I've not agreed as much. He wrote a big, long article about this too which to me, I felt completely missed the point of the breakup. And he was mentioning that fans don't like it because this was a popular team. None of us care about that. Or by us, I'm really talking you and me right now. Like, I'm sure some people were upset to see the team break up. I mean, the same thing happened when Lisa Weagle left uh, Holman's team. Whenever there's a team breakup, there's going to be 
fans of the team will be like sad and disappointed, but they'll get over it. It's not going to turn into a argument in the Facebook comments. That's it. At the end of the day, what goes on with their team, as much as we love gossip, is none of our business. Mm-hmm. And uh, but lying about somebody in public and uh, throwing a wrench into their potential future career uh, when it was so avoidable. I, I still can't get over that. And to me, that's the big talking point from this breakup. Absolutely. It's not the actual fact that the team is disbanded. Like They were going to disband anyway, as we learned. Yeah. And so I felt that that article that was just chronicling uh, how fans wish this team had never broken up. No, that's no. besides the point. Exactly. I wonder if they're trying to like take heat away from Botcher and like deflecting the the situation to something that it's not. They may be. I wonder. I think that, uh, well, one thing that I felt for Brendan Botcher because he was the big story of the week is that uh, there was something else that came up this week that kind of, I'm sure Brendan Botcher was happy about because it probably distracted people <laughs> from what was going on with his team. Well, we talked about a little bit about it last week. Um, we did, and the- I was not prepared because you broke the news while we were recording, and I hadn't heard of it. Well, the thing is, last week when we broke the news, the news just broke, so we really didn't have all the details, and it was pure speculation that uh, certain countries were not okay with certain companies being advertised on the ice, and that company is uh, an adult toy company called was it Easy Love? Easy Toys. Easy, Easy Toys. Easy Toys. Okay. If you just see Easy Toys, it could be anything i guess i don't know yes and in defense their their logo was just easy toys the words with a couple of hearts so i guess you could insinuate something out of it but still so the countries that uh, complained were non-surprising uh the united states and Mm -hmm. japan okay so their advertisers had a problem with it and um the games were like they pulled the broadcasting um from those countries, I guess, or I don't know how to say it. Uh, I think they were blacked out. Yeah, in, exactly. Yeah. So if so you were like in the, the US or Japan. Went on, but you could not watch it from the US or Japan. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's what I meant. So anyways, everyone had thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> and then what they replaced, uh, they replaced it with uh, hashtag equality. Equality for all. Equality for all. And they released a little ad with like dramatic music in the background saying, at Easy Toys, we promote equality and like, saying all these nice things while they showed a montage of ice makers putting down this new hashtag, covering up the, the Easy Toys logo, uh, which, by the way, this is in the middle of a tournament. How mu- how annoying must it be to replace an ad under the ice during the tournament? I'm imag- I am I know nothing about ice making, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing to do. No. Well, the co- here's my thing. The cost involved. Like, would it be cheaper to just not broadcast to Japan and the United States? Or would it be cheaper to replace the ad in the ice? The thing about it, like there was, so there was the ad on the ice. There was, I think there was an ad on the hog line too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the one on the hog line, can you read it? I mean, maybe you'd have to really look at it. I don't know. I didn't watch any of this. Uh, they did have ads. Like once I started reading about this, they had ads everywhere along the sideboards and the back. Like it was as present as Tim Hortons was at the, yeah. uh, the trial. So the on ice logos I get are pretty hard, but I mean, maybe they could have found other things to do with the logos that are off to the side. Maybe that would have been a compromise, but apparently not. My whole thing is just why complain? And like, is it really that much of an issue? Well, I agree with you. I don't think it is. Uh, 
I don't think it's that. I don't think it's offensive. No. Uh, it's just, uh, and I really don't want to get political here because that'll get us in even more trouble. We've already lost all the province of Saskatchewan today. Um, but I think it's just uh, been perceived as controversial by, um, you know, the more conservative areas of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it's And one of the problems with curling is, as we've said before, that uh, we're not a very popular sport. We'll take sponsorship from wherever we can get it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, to me, it's, it's a... Uh, it's not a controversial sponsor. It's uh, it'd be different if their logo had something very suggestive in it. But like, if you wouldn't even know, you wouldn't even know. I would have had to Google the company to know what they did. Uh, and how often do you Google companies that you see in sporting events? I have to be honest. I do quite a bit just because I know that we're going to talk about it. <laughs> the number of times I've Googled Strauss heart drops or something like that oh, yeah. just to mock it. So if I were watching, I probably would have Googled it at some point because right. after seeing it all week, I would have been like, well, what, what, is what the this? heck is this? Is it, you know, Christmas is coming up, toys? Like, uh, Honestly, I think it's the whole thing is ridiculous. And we do live in Canada. So again, we have like a different um, mindset on things. But I remember growing up listening to the radio and do you remember those Trojan commercials? Oh, yeah. Those were aired all the time during the day where sensitive ears could have like listened to it. And did we uh, become a talk? For sure. Like, <laughs> like, no, it's and every everyone knew what they were. And no one had a problem. I mean, I'm sure some people had a problem with it. But like as a society, like it wasn't. A yeah. Problem, and th- this so. is a societal thing of like, mm-hmm. if you're trying to shield kids from this, they already know. We have the Internet. Yes, they have the internet. They have, I was about to say radio, because I'm thinking of radio commercials when you told that story. But they've got they've got their TV and their Netflix in there. <laughs> I sound like, get off my lawn. Uh, but they have, the kids already know about this. Um, yeah. So there's nothing, to, there's nothing to be gained in hiding information from them. If anything, I think that uh, to promote a better, oh, this is going to take you a lot of editing, Kelly. But it's uh, to promote like, um, more tolerance in society and um, people actually having a better understanding of one another is Mm -hmm. to be truthful with them. I mean, it's easy for us to say neither of us have kids, but I would raise kids to Mm -hmm. not withhold information from them. I just don't think it, you have to find an age appropriate way to tell them. And there's ways to do that. Um, The only thing I would have understood if it was a sponsor whose ad was like right next to the easy toy one like that I can understand because like companies are really sensitive about like their brand image and depending on what your company is maybe you just don't want to have that as stupid as it is you don't want that association so if that happened like I get it it happens all the time with ads and sponsorship but to have like a whole country two countries just being like this is inappropriate for our citizens to watch that's true Calm down. That's true. And as you've mentioned, like turn on your TV and look at all the like mm-hmm. all the ads and all the things already. Like you can get offended by a lot of the things that we're seeing there. Um, and also like just on the topic of controversial sponsors, again, I'm not finding this controversial, but I mean, for years in Canada to this day, I believe like one of the major sponsors in Canada is Monsanto, which yeah. is an extraordinary, not to go down that road, but that is an extraordinarily controversial company. And well, the Briar. Uh, where did- yeah, and Jennifer Jones has had Monsanto logos plastered all over every jacket she's ever worn. I mean, mm-hmm. th- and that's 
I, I don't want to, I, I have my opinions, which I won't get into now, but if you're trying to grow the game in Canada, maybe having one of the world's most controversial companies is not the way you want to do it, but we have no choice. It's not controversial in the same way that the adult market is controversial. I just mean that. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know yeah, what you a mean. Curlers, if they tune in and see the this logo of uh, Monsanto everywhere, they might be. Um, excuse me. <laughs> mm, maybe I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so to uh, segue to the Olympic qualifying event because this is where all of this is happening. Yeah, so what actually happened on the ice? Does anybody know about the? <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I know. Um, you can also go to uh, the WCF's website about this. The mixed doubles is done. So that was played this past week. And so we can officially say that Australia is making an appearance and curling that. for the first time in mixed doubles along uh, with the United States. So those were the two countries that won. So congratulations. Yeah. It's nice to see Australia finally I know, in a that's big really event. Good. I remember them at the World Championships maybe like oh, 10, 15 years ago. With a uh, Hugh Milliken, if you remember him, nope. Long time Australia skip. He's from the great Australian city of Carlton Place, Ontario. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I just I remember going there and seeing he's got banners everywhere. He was oh, he nice. was Canadian. He was Canadian, but I mean, hey, it's good for the sport. Yeah, they actually went six and zero in the round robin too. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, really well deserved uh, win. The United States also went six and zero. So that's done. And so the men's and the women's just started this weekend. Uh, they're all, two games in. Things aren't going too well for our friend Eve Muirhead, though. They're not, eh? I have not followed no. this. Oh, dear. Uh, well, they only played two games. She's one and one. So right in like the middle of the pack there. But guess who she lost to? Like a solid I loss. Um, I don't even remember who's in this. Uh, South Korea. I'm just... No, no. Turkey. They lost to Turkey. I don't know if that's a, this Turkish team, by all accounts, again, I'm just going by what people tell me, but Turkey it seems so up and coming right now that don't rule them out. They're going to the Worlds, right? Yep. Yep. They just got in. Um, no, they're definitely up and like uh, definitely an up and coming team and, and they're they're new to uh, the world stage. Would have expected Scotland to, to win, but the, they lost seven to three. I suppose. Well, it'll be very interesting. I'm actually going to have to follow this. I don't know if I'll have the time, but I'm going to try. <laughs> um, but besides that, I mean, it, it just started. So really, okay. um, like right now, uh, the top team is Japan, followed by Estonia, Korea, Latvia, and Turkey. And how many teams get it? It's three? Uh, two spots. Two spots. Sorry, two spots. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that, there'll be some good countries left off the table for sure. But if you know anything about curling, uh, don't take the current standings as uh, an indication of what is going to happen in the end. A lot can happen during the week. So um, yeah, maybe Scotland will uh, get their act together. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. I predict they will. Next week, we'll find out that I was wrong, but I think they will. They'll make it back. And then for the men, it's a little less surprising. So right now, the top teams are Denmark, Italy, and Norway after two games. So okay. kind of expected. Like, they're definitely the top three teams out of the, the bunch. Okay, no, good. And um, the other news that I saw today, not that this is, I think, very important at all, but apparently there's some big ice problem at this event and it's caused a suspension of play. Oh, that article you sent me right before we started recording that I have not read yet. <laughs> 
I'll I'll pull it up. It's really quick. Um, so as I or just before we came I'm sorry, on air, because so then were the ice problem caused by them having to redo the ice to change the logo? Hey, it could be. I mean, because how do you put that logo in there? You have probably have to take down a layer of ice, right? I know yeah. nothing about how and it's done. But or something. We're not ice makers. Not at all. But a listener sent me this. And what I do, I usually just turn it right around and send it to you. Um, due to a fault with the ice, uh, due to a fault with the ice plant within the venue, the current session will be suspended while the ice makers evaluate the playing surface and work toward a solution. We will supply additional information as soon as it becomes available. That's all oh. the article is. So um, as this listener pointed out, pretty embarrassing to have an Olympic qualifying event and the ice goes out. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, I think that the WCF is probably pretty happy about this to, again, get the conversation off of <laughs> yeah. Easy Toys. And by the way, I know we've, we've talked about it probably for like 20 minutes already, but one quick final thought on that. Yeah. Uh, and it's really the the bad thing about it, in my opinion, is that, uh, and it's not really bad, but it's the kind of thing that it's giving curling a lot of press time right now uh, in a mocking kind of way. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's necessarily bad. It's just whenever non-curlers start talking about curling, it's either the Olympics or something really embarrassing has happened. Right. And I feel like this is one of those times. Uh, the other time like this was uh, when uh, Jamie Cooey and Ryan Fry got... <laughs> ridiculously drunk at a tournament that didn't make the same level of news as like this is but no but it started making hilarious. like that made national news and uh like in a kind of a mocking kind of way for curling mm -hmm. so i i mean is bad press good press i don't know like i think any kind of curling yeah. publicity is can't really hurt but at the same time it'd be nice if something really really good happened in curling that got the world's attention Right. Especially when some people are, are have a hard time taking curling seriously. These types exactly, of stories. Exactly. Exactly. And then, that's it. When we when we try to say, well, well, no, it's actually decent exercise. And they say, yeah, like as you stumble your way to the hack trying to <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> with a pitcher of beer in one hand, cigarette in the that's other. That's it. It take it becomes harder for uh, to take the sport seriously. So there's little things like that. But again, not controversial. Uh, I also have one final news point before we, we wrap up. Yeah. The Continental Cup, which was supposed to be played this year right. in Fredericton, has officially been canceled. I know. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean... Uh, I know you're a fan, right? You're a fan of the Continental Cup. I love the Continental Cup. I haven't really watched it much in the past years. I, I feel like the Continental Cup of today is not the same as it was uh, 10 years ago. Mm. It's gotten definitely more serious. Um, before, it really was like a lighthearted tournament where all these players, who are all friends, kind of get together and have a good time. Um, and especially when they were playing it in Vegas, it was definitely, yeah. they put up they put a whole show on. But uh, yeah, this year's was supposed to be in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And um, it won't, uh, they decided to cancel it just due to um, I mean, the ongoing situation with the pandemic and then just having a whole bunch of people fly from all across the world right now. Not the best, uh, not right. the best thing to do. And they would have to turn around and go to the Olympics right after, exactly. which is kind of a bit more on the yeah. priority list. And then so. there's the Worlds too. So um, yeah, the Continental Cup is definitely not um, a major tournament in the grand scheme of things. But hopefully you'll be back on uh, next year. I have a feeling they're supposed to go back to Vegas at some point soon. I think That'd be so. A great I... trip to do. I would love to do that. I mean, I've I been know, to me Vegas too. once, 
and it was a lot of fun. So to go to Vegas and do some curling, well, not do some, see some curling on the side, good trip. Not Fredericton? <laughs> there goes New Brunswick. <laughs> Sorry, New Brunswick. We lost New Brunswick a long time I know. ago. <laughs> I've not been to Vegas, but I have been to Fredericton and I do like it. It is nice there. So okay, um, okay. different places. And I'm kind of sad about that too. Like I, we've argued about this before. I'm not as much of a Continental Cup fan, but I used to really like it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the problem is that everybody, everything is just so focused on the Olympics that it doesn't seem like the players have much fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing the for money. More serious. There's yeah, more they're stakes. playing for money and gold medals. And mm-hmm. having a fun tournament like this, I just don't think is uh, they they do it because I think they're required to when they qualify. But mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't know. I bet that if you asked a lot of the teams, they'll now they'll again they'll put out some statement about how much the fun they're having. But I bet if you actually asked them, they would probably prefer to have a weekend at home since they're crisscrossing the country the whole time. And yeah. we used to do a Continental Cup style tournament when we were juniors. We would take all the juniors in our area, divide them into two massive teams, and we'd do skins and doubles. And I remember it being tons of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think uh, at the moment, the Continental Cup, they removed the hot shots. They did? Yeah, I think so. Oh, probably they replaced it with them. Um, they replaced it with mixed doubles and some more skin games and then mixed curling. Uh, probably because all the curling. teams were too good. Oh, geez. Like, hot shots is so fun. I know. I enjoy it. I don't make a lot of shots. But... <laughs> maybe once uh, once we become uh, more famous, we can, or maybe we get all the podcast curling podcasters together and do our own uh, Continental Cup style, and then we would be like color commentators on that. We should be color commentators. Just one final thing uh, before we call it quits for today, um, because uh, so a listener sent me this video that I turned around and sent to you as mm-hmm. this is how this is how fan mail operates like kelly's right. the ceo of this entity i just turn around and give it to her so brad height have you heard of him no this is actually good we're, go- we're coming full circle we started today with insulting saskatchewan we're going to conclude with insulting saskatchewan all right not really insulting but brad height is a famous curler out of saskatchewan he's been to i think two briars i wikipedia him this morning like quite far apart something like 1982 and 1995 something like that he lost the briar final in 1995 i don't know much about him because 95 the mid 90s or before my curling uh years both Uh, of our curling careers yes if you listen closely you can definitely calculate how old we are (laughs) uh but anyways uh so i'd heard from a few listeners that this guy brad height has quite a notorious curling temper Okay. Um, which is kind of a recurring theme that we talk about from now now and then. I remember somebody telling me that like he he was calling for a hit and roll and he yelled once like, roll the effer out or something like that. Uh, I don't know. He has know. a little bit of a potty mouth. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know what I'm talking about here. I could be completely wrong. Uh, so I'll blame this listener if the, fa- if the hate mail rolls in. But anyways, so... I, I got sent this clip of him. He was he still plays to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was at a tournament in Swift Current or something like that. And uh, he goes to throw his last shot and he misses it. And we're watching this on a little uh, webcam or whatever it's called. You know how some curling clubs have cameras that can capture what's going on on the ice? Yeah. Very difficult to follow what's going on. But you can kind of see him slide and you can see the rock travel down the ice. And it's behind glass, so we can't hear anything yet. You can really hear him yell, ah, oh, F off, as he misses his last shot. Wait, not just that, he threw his broom down the ice too. Oh yeah, like he's trying this takeout, he's missed it, and he takes his broom and he 
he grabs it by the top like it's the 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 head of the broom is on the ice he grabs it by the top of the shaft kind of flips it but sends it sliding wobbling all the way down the ice it hits a guy who's standing at the other hog line and i thought he threw the broom a lot better than he threw the rock (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i thought it was pretty funny to watch i i know that that's gonna rub a lot of people the wrong way and even i would say that that's kind of not good no it's not good i mean it's it's funny to see but uh yeah that wouldn't have been acceptable if uh, the game was aired on tsn yeah and what's too bad is that um i would have liked to have been around during the glory days of this because i tried to find i tried to research because all i've had is anecdotal evidence of this guy being very intense and so i did find we mentioned mike fournier earlier he i did find while googling this blog piece that he wrote saying that uh he played him once and it nearly resulted in a brawl i i want to hear these things yeah episode of our slide to survive all on this character right there so my final note on this is like curling definitely puts a big emphasis on good sportsmanship um your like demeanor and your how you like hold yourself on the ice is very important and we're very um I want to say like politically correct, but like politically correct in a curling sense, you know, just unproblematic, just stay cool and calm. Any sort of drama is just like a no-no or like any show of emotion is like a no-no. Exactly. I think we got to start as a curling society, we've got to start to loosen up a little bit, not go full hockey style. Let's just loosen up a little bit, you know, makes things a little more interesting. Yeah, and I'm not saying you should throw your broom down the ice like this guy did, but I I must admit, I did laugh. You know what? If you're playing in the Briar Champ like final and you have a draw to the forefoot to win, weight is perfect, super's got it, you're going to make the shot, you're going to win, you're going to go to the Worlds, and then it picks... I would uh, allow that thrower to uh, snap oh, the broom. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think I would. I think <laughs> I would just cry. I don't think I physically can, <laughs> but I would like, I would allow that person to show some anger. Absolutely. I would cry. If you're the lead in a round robin game, it's the second end and your rock picks, that's it. That's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention names. <laughs> yeah. Pardon me. Sorry. Uh, All right, on that note, before we get into more trouble, uh, catch us next week for more. That's uh, right. And we'll we'll figure it out by then. And uh, enjoy the Grey Cup, Kelly. All right. Bye. Bye.